the top players and legends to the very best analysts around the world from wherever the beautiful game is played. This is BTP. Now, we're talking football. Yes, hello folks, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Pitch. I must say, delighted to be joined here with fantastic Anthony Johnson. Uh, hi, Johnson, on a couple of months ago. Since then, he's had a continued meteoric rise, as his talent deserves. Uh, we're now seeing him on here, US TV screens, uh, with CBS. I'll have him explain exactly what's going on there. You can also catch Jonathan at John, J-O-N underscore Le Gossip. Nobody better, in my opinion, for French football. This guy has been fantastic, and I'm here to talk to you about a number of things, Pogba, Cavani, Kamavinga, and a couple of other things. So let me welcome him to the show, and let me ask him to explain what's going on with CBS, Jonathan. Hey there, thanks a lot for having me back on, always a pleasure. Uh, yeah, so basically, people might have been able to see me uh, during CBS's Champions League and Europa League coverage at the end of last season. Uh, they can look forward to more of that uh, this coming uh, campaign. Uh, as I'll be part of the, the, the CBS team on uh, match days, pre and post match. I must say, um, no disrespect at all to, to your predecessors, but the contrast and quality of coverage is complete night and day compared to what we had with Bleacher Report. Uh, maybe they'll get it right uh, and learn from this experience, but what we've seen already with CBS and the coverage of the Champions League, Europa League, is just magnificent. Uh, it's on a par with NBC, and for me, NBC set the bar right here. They're fantastic. So it's great to see that. It's great to see you on our TV screens, Jonathan. I obviously, I've had the privilege of having you on BTP before, so your talent is no surprise to me. But obviously, a lot of Americans will be getting introduced to you, and um, I think it's fantastic to see you on it here, mate. So congratulations on that. Um, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. We're talking about France, first of all, Pogba, because Pogba, once again, uh, his, the, uh, has been making headlines in the UK for his love affair with Real Madrid. He seems to want them a lot more than they want him. He's talked about how much he wants to go back there, or how much he wants to go there and play for Zidane, which in itself is not a massive surprise. I mean, it's not a massive surprise that Paul Pogba wants to play for Real Madrid, play for Zidane. I really don't have any issue with that. I just don't understand how it serves him to say this five four or five days after the transfer window closes and three or four days after Manchester United have just lost 6-1. Yeah, I agree with you. I was surprised by the timing of the comments, uh, you know, particularly after that result. I mean, it was a, it was a shocking defeat uh, against Spurs. Uh, I mean, OK, losing to Spurs is one thing, but losing in that manner, uh, you know, is completely another thing. Uh, and Pogba has come in for a lot of criticism, um, you know, for not carrying his weight. Uh, and, and I think something else that's key in the, the, the whole Pogba situation as well is over the last couple of years, while he's been criticised for what's been going on at club level, he's been sort of not necessarily getting away with it, but he, you know, he's, he's had his performances with the French national team to sort of balance that out. And because he was unable to, to play for France uh, in, the, in the most recent set of internationals, uh, you know, he's actually not been part of the French national team you know, for quite a while, obviously, because of the, uh, the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, you know, without that sort of distraction, we're seeing much less of this, uh, you know, the, this very concentrated Paul Pogba, who does what we all know Paul Pogba can do. Um, to me, it just seems strange that, that United didn't try to, to draw a line under this. I know that he's a phenomenally talented player, but it just doesn't seem uh, like it works, uh, you know, for Pogba at Old Trafford. Uh, and I don't know why they didn't try to, 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 to move him on 
okay, they would have probably had to have accepted a, a, a cut price deal this summer because of the nature of the transfer market at this moment in time. Uh, you know, but I, but I think it would have been important for them to have been able to move him on and actually start to restructure uh, the squad so that it can be more competitive uh, in, the, in the future. Because for me, when Pogba makes these kind of comments, it's quite clear that he doesn't, he's not really investing himself in the long term at United. It is a bit of a bizarre situation when you look at the situation contractually. So <clears throat> Pogba has essentially two years left on his contract. One of those is an optional year for United. So he's got a year with an option for another year for United, which they will exercise. But from this point forward, Pogba really takes control of the negotiations because if you want to sell him in January, you've got 18 months at that point. You're still talking about a knockdown price. It's hard to see why Pogba would sign a new deal if he wants to leave, surely, because... Uh, even if he waits 12 months from now, he is in the perfect position to negotiate wherever he wants. But are we seeing the Paul Pogba that we thought we would see after three, four years at Manchester United? Uh, I, I don't think so. I, I expected much more from Pogba. I expected to see the Pogba that we see for France, for United more often. There have been glimpses of it uh, over, the, over the years, just not enough uh, you know, to, to justify the effort that United went to to, to bring him back. Uh, from Juventus in the first place, uh, you know, and it, it strikes me as very, this, to be perfectly honest, this is what I think PSG can expect uh, from the from the Kylian Mbappe situation, another player mm. of interest to Real Madrid, uh, who's coming up to uh, you know, the end of his contract. He's into the final two years of his deal, uh, you know, so Pogba is sort of 12 months ahead of, of Mbappe in that sense. But the thing is, Mbappe is delivering week in, week out for PSG, right. whereas Pogba is, is very rarely doing that for United. Uh, so no, for me, I, I don't think that Pogba has delivered on his promise uh, since joining United. And I can understand the, the, the frustrations from large parts of the, the United fan base uh, towards him. It's interesting his choice of club for Real Madrid because if Pogba was putting in the performances for Real Madrid, then he was putting it at Manchester United. Um, the, the response that he gets from United fans would be particularly timid in comparison to what he would get from Real Madrid fans, the football club, the Spanish press in general. Um, it's hard for me to understand why, I, I mean, <clears throat> why Real Madrid would want Paul Pogba. I can understand why Paul Pogba would want Real Madrid, but you're talking about m massive wages at the very least for a player that, if you look back over the last three, four years, and I, and, and I watch United forensically, I'm, I'm picking a maybe three, four games in the last four years that they said to me, Pop Pop was a world-class midfielder. I mean, from day one, we've been talking about this player needs to be sent to unlock him. This player needs to be sent to do this. this and, and just has never worked in any capacity as a holding midfielder, as an attacking midfielder, whatever the role you know, have given him. I feel like he's let Solskjaer down, who's defended him immensely, and it's unfair to put Solskjaer in a situation again. Um, but why is his performance just better for the French national team than Manchester United? Is Manchester United the problem? I mean, I think that the Pogba at this moment in time feels more invested in the French national team than he does in the United project. It's very clear, at least to me, from the, from the outside looking in, that he's lost faith uh, in this United project. Doesn't see, uh, you know, wh where things are going long term, mm -hmm. and, and that's why he's he's looking elsewhere for his future. Uh, and you said you, you wondered why. Real Madrid will be interested in Paul Pogba. And I think that's solely down to the fact that you've got a big, big fan in Zinedine Zidane, somebody who knows what Pogba can do, uh, is, is a long-standing fan of his and would encourage Real Madrid to take the risk uh, of, yeah. of paying what it would take to, to bring him to, to Santiago Bernabeu. But, I, you know, I think it's as simple as 
Pogba not being invested in the situation at United, feeling more comfortable when he goes and joins up with his international teammates uh, for France. Uh, and that's why you see him playing, you know, feeling less pressure, uh, you know, but also sort of embracing the leadership role that he has uh, with France and rejecting the one uh, that he also has uh, with United, considering his stature within that team. Yeah, it's a really, really good point. They're rejecting the leadership role rather than not being capable of it. <clears throat> Because that's an important distinction, and I think that's exactly what happens as he rejects that rule. Uh, let's move on and talk about uh, Alison Cavani, who, of course, sent for Manchester United. Um, United fans are looking forward to seeing him um, in a United shirt. What was his last season at PSD like, Jonathan, and what should United fans expect? His last season was disappointing, considering the story between Cavani and PSG over the years. Uh, you know, it didn't finish the way that either party would have wanted it to. It didn't have to finish as bitterly as it did, uh, but you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but I think the opportunity that Cavani had to move on to Atletico Madrid back in January, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crying shame for him and for PSG that that opportunity wasn't taken, uh, and there were a number of reasons for that, uh, you know, because I think ultimately it would have afforded Cavani a better farewell than the one he'll get now, because his final farewell to PSG will be coming back to Parc des Princes as a, an opposing player. There have been, a, you know, some mixed reports already suggesting that part of Cavani's motivation to sign for United, uh, you know, is to get that opportunity to, to finally say goodbye to PSG. I don't, I don't totally believe that. I do feel that, you know, he will have some open wounds from his uh, exit uh, in Paris uh, for some time to come. But I do still think that this is a player who is uh, focused, who is motivated and still feels he has something to prove. I mean, Cavani has spoken in the past of his desire to finish his career in his native South America, try to, try to lead a Uruguayan side to, to continental success before finally calling it a day. I think if he felt that he'd done all he could do, in Europe already, he, he wouldn't have signed for United. He clearly feels that he has something to offer, has never tried himself in the Premier League, which is something that interests him. So United can look forward to getting a player who is hungry. However, he is very short of match fitness. You know, we've got to bear in mind that Cavani hasn't played a competitive match now for, you know, sort of six months or more. So it's going to take a while for, for United to get him up to speed. But when they do, he is still a very, very dangerous player in and around the box. Uh, you know, and he puts in a phenomenal amount of work. Okay, he's, you know, sort of losing that yard of pace uh, with age, but pace has never been the, the most, the strongest point of his game. He has always been a player who thrives on passion, uh, you know, the support of the fans, uh, you know, the, the high, uh, you know, concentrate, con highly concentrated environments uh, and match situations, uh, you know, and I think that this current United scenario uh, is one that will really uh, suit him because it's going to take a lot of work on his part, but also on the part of his new teammates, uh, you know, to get United out of this rut, uh, you know, and where better to start for him in terms of motivation than, uh, than Paris. We're talking about, we're still talking about a top-class player here. It sounds like we are. And the, the intangibles and leadership qualities and stuff, are we looking at something similar to Ibrahimovic in terms of an impact on, in the dressing room in the same way Ibrahimovic had, or is Kivani more a more withdrawn figure? Um, so it's a two-part question. Are we still talking about a top-class player here? And what type of qualities does he bring internally? Yes, you're absolutely still talking about a top-class player here. I mean, let's bear in mind that Cavani is someone who was, uh, you know, basically shunted out of the, the PSG starting level by Mauro Icardi. Icardi, who started the season like a house on fire, 
then lost a bit of form sort of towards the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Cavani somehow managed to overhaul him despite the fact that he was struggling for fitness uh, and, and managed to, to win back his place in the starting 11 before coronavirus shut everything down. So yes, he is still uh, a top quality player, uh, you know, whose, whose ability, uh, you know, still shines through up against very high, high quality uh, competition for places. In terms of what kind of figure Cavani will be, what kind of leadership he'll bring to, to United, he's more softly spoken than, than Zlatan. You know, you don't get the, you know, the, the fantastic sound bites that you get mm-hmm. with somebody like Zlatan. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't also get the same sort of lead, uh, leading by inspiration uh, that you get with Zlatan where, you know, he can sometimes beat a team on his own because he's, you know, still a fantastically talented uh, footballer technically was when he joined United from PSG and still is now. Um, Cavani is, is, is more a finisher of the, the hard work that, that his teammates put in, but he doesn't leave his teammates to do it all on his own or all on their own. Sorry, he gets back, he, he chips in uh, defensively uh, you know, he will run himself into the ground every time he's put out there on the field. Uh, you know, and I think that's why so many coaches appreciate him. That's why Simeone had been so desperate to get Cavani to Atletico Madrid uh, for so long, because he's the ideal player uh, for a Simeone-type team. It's, it's, it, to be honest, it was a surprise that Simeone signed Suarez for Atletico and not Cavani, but that's mm. to United's profit. Uh, you know, Cavani is somebody who is very seasoned now. He's got a lot of experience. Uh, and he's got a lot of frustration built up as well with the way that things haven't really gone according to plan uh, for him and PSG in the Champions League. And then the time that PSG do reach the final, uh, you know, obviously he was no longer uh, a part of the club. So he will be highly motivated uh, this season to, to prove a point. Uh, and I think he will <clears throat> bring with him uh, a lot of the experiences he's gone through, particularly over the last couple of years in Paris. Looking forward to seeing him. <clears throat> I want to ask you, Jonathan. But another young man is making headlines. Scored against Ukraine the other night, uh, young Kamavinga. Um, we talked about Paul Pogba possibly with Real Madrid, but Kamavinga is someone that Real Madrid quite like. Um, you know, he's only a, he's a young lad, he's still only a teenager, magnificent young talent. How good is this kid? And, and is Real Madrid probably the most likely destination for him? Uh, he's phenomenal. Uh, you know, an incredible talent. And I, I, th- I think only, you know, some of, sort of one of those rare generational kind of players could score the kind of goal that we saw him score against Ukraine the other day. It was, you know, it, it defied belief almost to see yeah. him trying that uh, on, his, uh, on his full international debut. It's, he is arguably one of, if not the brightest talents in European football at this moment in time. So obviously, uh, you know, clubs like Real Madrid are, are interested in him. <laughs> Ren, you know, I think, have a lot to be grateful for um, over the last couple of months because of the fact that the league season was brought to a close early, which ensured that they qualified for the Champions League. And there had actually been an agreement uh, in place between Camavinga and Ren, even though it was uh, the, the former president, Olivier Letton, who agreed it, uh, and he's since moved on, uh, that uh, Camavinga would stay with Ren for another season if they qualified for the Champions League. They've been bumped up to the group stage now for the first time in their history. Uh, you know, and obviously that is going to be uh, another new experience for, for, for this phenomenally talented player. So yes, Real Madrid are one of the clubs interested in Camavinga 
but there's a whole host of European sides, uh, you know, keeping tabs on him. Uh, you know, other teams in Spain, Italy, uh, PSG in France as well are very keen to, to not let, uh, you know, another one of these bright domestic talents leave without playing for them for at least a couple of seasons. So Camavinga is definitely a man who, who's in demand, uh, you know, and stuff like uh, the, 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 the phenomenal goal that we saw the other night just adds to to, to the price tag, which was already pretty significant considering that the Ren wouldn't have even considered doing any business uh, for, for less than 80 million euros before they even qualified for the Champions League. Interesting. Um, fantastic young talent. And then lastly, I want to ask you about Mbappe. You mentioned the contractual situation. What is the contractual situation with Mbappe at PSG? Is he not going to send a new deal? Is he going to demand a move in the next summer or see his contract out? What is the situation there, Jonathan? It's complicated at the moment. Uh, Mbappe's situation is that he's into the final two years of his deal. PSG want to extend that. Uh, and he did say uh, last season to the club that he would be prepared to discuss a contract extension if they could prove to him that they were heading in the right direction. Obviously, we know how last season ended for PSG. They broke their hoodoo in the Champions League and managed to get to their first ever final. Uh, but the problem that PSG now have is financial. Uh, the situation brought about by the, the, the coronavirus pandemic dictates that PSG are making massive losses at the moment because there's no fans going to the stadium or not enough fans going to the stadium week in, week out. Uh, and the revenue that they're losing through that is massive. And that means that they're having to trim the fat essentially within the squad and get rid of players who uh, don't form a part of the, the vision that sporting director Leonardo has for the future. That doesn't only apply to players, that applies to coaching staff as well. Thomas Tuchel is on very thin ice, uh, especially after the recent public spat between the two. Uh, but PSG are very, very keen to convince Mbappe that the future still is in Paris. Uh, obviously, they've just navigated a very difficult start to the Ligue 1 season where they lost their, their two opening games. You know, the first time that we've seen that happen to PSG since, I think, around 2012, 2013, so a long, long time. Um, so at this moment in time, because of their the economic situation, PSG are risking uh, missing the, the opportunity to convince Mbappe to, to sign the, the, you know, a contract extension. And if he doesn't, between now and next summer or the end of this season, you know, obviously that opens the door massively to Real Madrid because that would mean that either PSG felt that they had to cash in on Mbappe there and then or let him run, run down his contract, obviously keep him for one more season and potentially, you know, go and win the, 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 the Champions League then. Uh, it's, it, it's a very difficult situation to, 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 to be in for, for Leonardo and obviously... With the with the other situation going on in the squad, he's you know he's juggling a lot of balls at the moment, and you know that's all without mentioning the other superstar in PSG's team, Neymar. Uh, you know, is who is an, also in a similar situation contractually. At this moment in time, given the the economic ramifications of coronavirus, it's difficult to see how PSG could keep hold of both of them. However, a lot can change between now and the end of the season, and I think. PSG will be entering a very critical transfer window come January because if they're able to free up enough space on the wage bill, they may well have the capabilities of offering the likes of Mbappe, the likes of Neymar, the sorts of contracts that they need in order to convince them to, to, to sign on for another few years. That can make for a really interesting transfer window next summer. 
You could have Mbappe, Jaden Sancho, possibly Camavinga, Paul Pogba, all on the market. That would be very, very interesting. Jonathan, let me also say a massive thank you to Aston Villa for keeping Manchester United out of the headlines. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for that. Um, um, very much appreciated, mate. Absolutely superb stuff. Magnificent. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Much appreciated. Cheers, Jonathan. Thank, thanks a lot for having me on. It's always a pleasure and I uh, look forward to the next time. My privilege, mate. Cheers, pal. Bye.